and I used to pass the seven plex every single day. And I'm just like, man, it would be nice to own that passing every morning, stop, kind of just walk around the place, you know, looked it up on the tax assessment, kind of just trying to get some information. Long behold, the wholesaler that sold me my single family house is actually the guy that owns this. So kind of, it's nice that I know him personally. So he literally sent me over all his Excel sheets, you know, what the tenants are paying, all their information, all that stuff. So right now me and my partner are analyzing that deal, putting some numbers to it. And I think it's a go. I actually just got the purchase agreement sent over to me last night via email. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. Hey everyone, real quick before we start the show, Brad wrote an amazing ebook that will teach you everything you need to know about house hacking and living rent free. To get a free copy, text house hack all one word to 22828. That's house hack all one word to 22828 to get your free copy. Cool, man. Welcome to the show, Shay. We're glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So hopefully I can uh, get some knowledge spread over to young and even seasoned investors and they can uh, apply that to their portfolio as well. Yeah, man. We're uh, super intrigued to get into your story. I mean, you're only 23 years old and you've done so much. Uh, and you just graduated from Illinois State, correct? What was your major and what field are you in? Yeah, so I just graduated from Illinois State uh, last December, construction management major. Um, now I'm in the industry of construction, uh, commercial, general contractor, and kind of just going through that, uh, project manager for one project, project engineer for another, other two projects. And yeah, it's, it's a nice little major that I graduated in, um, trying to apply that to my real estate. I never knew I wanted to be in real estate. You know, back in the day when I was trying to search for majors and all that, I came across construction management, you know, driving on the road, seeing all the orange cones. I, th I thought that would be a sweet little gig to have. And, you know, now I can apply it to the real estate industry. So it's it's pretty nice. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's really and cool. Um, oh, go ahead. Now, you just bought your first house at, correct? In March at 22. Uh, tell us a little bit about like getting into real estate, what that deal was like and finding it. Yeah. So, I mean, once I graduated, before I graduated, I set a goal that three months after graduation, graduation, I wanted to lock up that first deal. So I was super proactive on realtor.com, uh, Craigslist, all that, trying to find all the deals I could. And you, as everyone knows in real estate, it's it's a time game. You, you can't rush into it. You really got to sit back, analyze multiple deals. You can't just jump into that first one or the fifth one. You really got to sit, have patience in this game. So that's what I did. Um, like I said, I wanted to three months out of graduation. I wanted to lock up that first deal. So I was on realtor.com every single night before bed, you know, reading a book, hopping on my phone after that and just searching for deals. And I found this duplex that popped up exactly where I lived about three blocks over it was a duplex that was posted for about 16 hours. And I called up my realtor and I said, Hey, I want to get a showing set up for tomorrow. We went over there. One side was vacant. The other one already had a tenant in it. So we walked through, I mean, I loved everything I saw in there and we signed a purchase agreement. The next, well, I kind of negotiated with the seller. He wasn't liking the terms that I was liking. He would not budge whatsoever, but we kind of signed a purchase agreement the next day. Um, and I highly recommend doing that. If you guys find a deal, in a competitive market, 
make sure you get a purchase agreement signed. Whether you know you walk through it, you want to get that deal locked up so you you have the first opportunity to get that house. If you walk through, you know it, within that purchase agreement, you can have subject to financing, subject to inspections. So you can always get out of that. You might lose your earnest money if you put that down. But I highly suggest getting a purchase agreement signed ASAP because if you're in a competitive market and you don't get that done, that deal will be gone the next day. So uh, it's kind of not. It was kind of nice locking that deal up within the first 16 hours that it was on Realtor.com. That's a great. That's a great point. That's a great point because I'm a I'm an agent, and uh, the thing I try to relate to my clients is that exact fact. Like you know, get a purchase agreement, and then we can figure things out. You know, you got contingencies. Um, you know, like you said, financing. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, when you do inspections and things, you find the things you don't want. You can back out or you can renegotiate. Uh, but so many people are apprehensive to pull the trigger and make an offer. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, being new in the game or, you know, you haven't bought your first property, you know, you're nervous about that. You don't want to get locked up in a deal that you don't know all the facts behind. You know, you're scared to get locked up and all that, which is understandable. But if you want to be in this game, you, you just kind of got to get your feet in the water and test it out, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Did you have your financing all prepared when you signed that purchase agreement? I did. Um, so between those three months, I got my realtor set up. Um, I got my lender set up for this property. I had to go through three different lenders. My first lender, I actually met him through bigger pockets. He was up in Chicago about three hours from me and he was a big help, you know, kind of pointed me to different financing options and all that. And when it came time to close, I had my pre-approval already written up so I could get that purchase agreement signed. But I mean, when we went to go do the lending, he was saying I needed like $18,000 in my bank account. He wanted to see six months of reserves and a whole bunch of other things. And I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't have that capital right now. So I had to go shop for other lenders, which I highly suggest because you can get lower interest rates, better deals. Mm -hmm. So it took me three different lenders to lock up this first deal. Uh, on that third lender, I got a low interest rate compared to the other two. And I only needed like 5000 I think, $6,000 in my bank account compared to the first lender that wanted eighteen k. So that that was a big thing right there. The loan, mm -hmm. I actually got an in-house loan through a bank for only 3% down and it included no PMI. So that was a sweet little gig there. So was that, was that like a small town bank or a credit union or something like that? Uh, yeah. So I went through... For the house, my realtor is through Rule and Rule, and they have their own little in-house uh, mortgage company called Rule Mortgage, who also goes through a small little bank in town. And yeah, they have they have that in-house loan for three percent. Man, I mean that's better than FHA, granted yeah. by half percent, yeah, right. but still and no PMI. Exactly, with FHA, you you pay that PMI, and it was just nice to find that in-house loan for only three percent down and no PMI. That's a great thing that uh, people can look into is small town banks and credit unions, uh, because a lot of times they can get you deals that almost no one else can, um, especially for houses that need a little bit of work or something like that. Because I went through a similar, very similar situation when I was younger uh, and uh, where a credit union was able to do it. No other bank would touch it. So, yeah, they can they can definitely pull a lot more strings than, you know, your higher up banks um, due to company policies and, you know, the other factors that play into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said tenants were already in there, correct? When you, when you bought that place? 
one one side was vacant, which was the side that I moved into, and the other okay. side already had a three year tenant, and they they've been awesome. They pay on the first every month, or they even pay like on the twenty fifth before it's even due, which is sweet mm-hmm. little gig there too. Haven't had an issue with them. Um, the property when I walked through, I mean, it was clean, looked nice. Uh, probably in the future when they move out, though, you know, you can expect a three four year tenant. You're probably going to have to go in, repaint, do carpet, but for the most part, mm-hmm. everything was nice. So it was. Nice little turnout. I don't know if you want to consider that a turnkey or not. Um, I've heard a lot of talks of, you know, a turnkey is where the properties basically, you know, refurnished or re- renovated. And then you you have the tenants in place already. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now you just purchased your second deal. Um, and I know you use a little bit of a unique financing situation. Uh, tell us a little about that. Yeah. So I've been going since I graduated. I found a real estate meetup here in the Quad Cities. I started going to that, you know, for connections and leads and all that stuff. And I actually linked up with three different wholesalers there. And I highly suggest that to go to real estate meetups, man. You meet so many different people in this market that have different goals or different properties that they're seeking and all that. But yeah, so I linked up with three different wholesalers and had them start emailing me properties as they popped up. And I was going through realtor.com and I found this duplex that was for like 20K, needed a lot of work. So I called up that wholesaler and kind of had him run down some stuff. And he was like, hey man, I actually just got this property, you know, cheaper than that and it's rent ready. And I was like, awesome, let's go take a look at it. So the next day, Single family home. We go over there, take a look at it, rent ready. Just needed new carpet, new paint. It was good to go. Appliances were already lined up. So walked through there, signed the purchase agreement the next day and went from there. That's awesome. That's great. So what's the process like working with a wholesaler versus, uh, say, if you're working with a realtor or any other process, really? Uh, I guess it varies on your wholesaler whether you have a good connection with them, they, I've had, I have people that call me up, shoot me a text, like, Hey man, I got this deal. I think this is, uh, they know my criteria, what the properties that I'm looking for as a realtor does too, if you get that set up. But, uh, yeah, they shoot off emails and they kind of have a breakdown, certain wholesalers, you know, they very do different things, but with the wholesaler that I have, he kind of breaks down the numbers for me, which is awesome. Has photos all throughout the email. Um, certain wholesalers they also had videos of them walking through the property so you don't have to waste your time going to the house uh, unless you oh, do want cool. to get it unless you want to get that you know feel walking through the house and you know is this going to be a good buy or not but you know wholesalers a lot of them walk through now with their cameras and record the whole house so it's nice to save um, time on time for you yeah absolutely get a virtual tour out of it yeah exactly save your time that way you know you're they're walking through and they kind of point out some stuff and it's like oh yeah you know galvanized pipes electrical needs updating yeah i'm gonna have to walk away on that one that's awesome are those two deals in the same market or yeah um they're about i mean quad cities is made up of four different cities uh this is kind of an outskirt town i would say but yeah i would say yeah in the same market okay now what what is the uh, exit strategy for that place for this one, uh, it's a smaller house, 550 square foot, one bedroom, one bath. So uh, it's also set up a little unique. So it would definitely take a different style tenant for this one. Um, I definitely want to keep it as a buy and hold as it, 
because I, I got it pretty cheap. I don't want to see it go. And my strategy is buy and hold, buy and hold. I want to do a little wholesaling and I also want to do a little fix and flip here. But as far as this house, I want to do a rent to own contract. I don't want to get into that yet. I have a tenant in place over there right now paying monthly. Uh, we just got a month to month lease going, but I really want to educate myself on the rent to own lease leasing. Uh, I see that going up a lot in my market right now. And I've talked to a lot of people and they said, that's probably where the industry is heading. So right now I'm educating myself on the rent. So uh, go ahead. So uh, would that align with your long-term goals in real estate then? As the, far uh, as, as far as the rent to own, do you like, yeah, the rent to own strategy. Do, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll definitely apply that. You know, just depends on the, it's a numbers game. So if it would make sense for me to do a rent to own compared to renting out to tenants, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. I'm just right now I'm educating myself and figuring out what I need to put in the clause contract, all that fun stuff. And you also got to watch too with the rent to own. You might have to own the house outright because if you look in your mortgage clause, there's something in there that will probably state, you know, you can't, uh, how should I word it? You can't really like lease it out to somebody like that as a rent to own. You just got to dive into your mortgage contract and see what it says in there. Now, what, what is your mortgage uh, with? Because I know you do have a five-year balloon on this contract, right? So what was the financing kind of like with this particular property? Yeah, so five-year balloon. Um, I swiped this house up for 22000 and a little higher interest rate because it was a five-year balloon. I think I'm sitting at like a 5.1. I went through a small credit union, a different lender than the one I got on my duplex. But yeah, five-year balloon. And after that five years up, I'll have a lump sum that needs to be paid full. If I don't make that payment, then we can renegotiate back into another five-year balloon. And with that five-year balloon, I think I'm sitting on 15-year amortization for that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And was that relatively, you know, being that it was your second deal and uh, you being so young, was there some apprehension by the bank to finance you or was that pretty, uh, pretty easy process? Honestly, it was a lot easier process than the first one going through different lenders. I mean, this one, they really helped me a lot. Uh, I really made a good connection with the vice president of that, of that bank, as well as his helper uh, assistant. And yeah, it was just a smooth process going through that. They kind of gave me a few different options and I thought the five-year balloon made the most sense. Another thing I want to touch on, on this property that I don't want to forget is flood insurance. I don't know if you guys kind of dealt with that yet, but unfortunately this property holds flood insurance. And I recommend to somebody, you know, really dive into that and make sure that your house is not in a floodplain. The first quote I got through my insurance guy was $3,000 a year for flood insurance. And it just wow. blew my mind, but Jeez. we kind of negotiated and changed around a few terms. And I got that down to about $822 a year, but still, I mean, that's cutting into cash flow right there. So my goal is to get that paid off in that five-year balloon. That's my goal. So I can own it outright. And then I don't have to carry that flood insurance. It's only required through the bank. So a couple episodes ago, we had my broker uh, on and he house hacked through college and he bought a place that he didn't know was in flood insurance. And he went from having a positive three to $400 of cash flow to a negative hundred dollars in cash flow because of flood insurance. It was oh, so man. it was so expensive out there. Do you know is he still holding that property or he, did he sell he it is, off? He is still holding that property. He's in the middle of selling it. But uh, 
it's tough sell because of flood insurance. And he had oh, no yeah. idea when he was buying it because he was 18 years old or 19 years old when he bought it, you know? Yeah, you, you learn from your mistakes. And, you know, that's a big, that's why I want to touch on on the podcast about the flood insurance that way. So young investors, even seasoned investors, if they haven't seen the flood insurance policy yet, it's, it's definitely something you want to stay away from because it can really cut into your cash flow. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now, I know you mentioned that you're looking at a seven unit. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'll try to give you as much information as possible. I actually just came across this uh, deal a week ago. My partner sent it over to me and I was like, hey, I actually think I know the guy that owns it. And funny story is I drive an hour to work to my construction site and I used to pass the sevenplex every single day. And I'm just like, man, it would be nice to own that. Passing every morning, stop, kind of just walk around the place, you know, looked it up on the tax assessment, kind of just trying to get some information. Long behold, the wholesaler that sold me my single family house is actually the guy that owns this. So kind of, it's nice that I know him personally. So he literally sent me over all his Excel sheets, you know, what the tenants are paying, all their information, all that stuff. So right now me and my partner are analyzing that deal, putting some numbers to it. And I think it's a go. I actually just got the purchase agreement sent over to me last night via email. And we're going to go through that kind of mark it up uh, on some information that we want to put in there, sign it and get it back over to the seller. One thing, with this one is we're kind of in the, we're kind of getting creative with this one. You know, I just closed on two houses in five months, so I don't have capital. So we're really getting creative here. Uh, my partner, he's 23 years old as well. He's doing well for himself. Uh, another guy you'd probably want to get on the podcast. I mean, he's 33, 33 units in three years. I mean, it's, wow. it's crazy. Um, he, he's doing well, but yeah, good partner to have. Um, so we're kind of getting creative with this one. He's actually locked up a house that he's going to close on the 25th of this month. He's paying all cash for 45,000. He's going to own that one outright. And we're actually going to put up that home for collateral on the seven unit for the down payment. So, you know, we're getting creative on this one. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And is it, uh, are all seven units rented out or? Yep. They're fully occupied right now. Um, you know, I thought down in that area, you kind of see a lot of section eight people. And I mentioned that to him. I said, Hey, do you have any section eight people in there? And he said, when I first bought the property, it was all section eight. I kicked them out and I had, I don't deal with section eight whatsoever. Cool. Cool. And is that, so is that going to be like a, a seller financing situation or are you getting a commercial loan, uh, backed by the house or how's that working yep. out with yep. the financing? So we're still kind of working on that. Like I said, I wanted to get locked up in that purchase agreement because I'm in a competitive market. Um, in there, it says subject to finance, subject to you know inspection, all that stuff. So it's basically get try to get locked up in this deal and figure out the financing later. Um, I am in discussion with my bank right now. A lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. We're trying to figure out what we can get over to the underwriter for them to approve it. That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, we were going to ask you what your favorite real estate book is. So uh, favorite real estate book, I'd probably go with my nose is in retire early with real estate. Uh, it's a pu publishing by bigger pockets. I'm liking that one right now. Um, kind of explains, you know, buying houses over time, trying to get away from that nine to five, you're nine to five. So that's a nice one. Uh, the real estate books, I really haven't got too much into them. All my education in real estate has been through 
uh, bigger pockets, a lot of podcasts, and a lot of YouTube videos. That's awesome. Yeah, Chad Carson is uh, one of my heroes. I've been in his mentoring class. I've talked to him personally uh, many times, and uh, that book is amazing. That's my favorite book as well. Nice, nice. Now, uh, combined with real estate books, what are your goals? You know, all together. I mean, you're working on a seven unit. You're only 23 years old. Like, are you looking to get, uh, you know, primarily into commercial or or a little bit of both, residential and commercial? Or, or what does that look like going forward for you? You know, only the future would tell. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty young in this game. I never foresaw myself getting into the commercial industry, but it's definitely something in the future I do want to get into. As of right now, I want to stay in that residential. But if there's commercial properties, that makes sense. I definitely want to move forward on to that. Uh, in the future, though, later down the road, say 15, 20 years, when I have enough equity and cash, I really want to you know, buy a pretty big commercial property and have all my tenants in one area, uh, whether that's in my market or three hours away, five hours away, and put management in place. But yeah, as far as long-term goals in the real estate industry, I want to foresee myself out of a nine to five in five years. Uh, I would kind of want to be in this industry by the age of 28, if not 30. Uh, entrepreneur, I mean, I want to be my own boss. I want, I want to make my own hours and all of that. I love what I do in the construction industry. It's really helping me with real estate, but I want to be my own boss and set my own time, be financially free and time free. That's amazing, man. And I know you'll be there. Uh, just based on your story the last couple of years, really last five months, it sounds like. I mean, you've done some amazing things. It sounds like you got a great partner. And uh, for sure, you know, looks like you're dabbling your feet in commercial already with this seven unit. And uh, like you said, only time will tell. Exactly, exactly. So uh, what advice would you give to anyone who wants to start out house hacking that's roughly around your age? Don't be nervous. I mean, I was a little nervous, but I knew my goals. I'm very goal-oriented. Um, but yeah, you know, getting started, it's definitely nerve wracking, but it's just something you got to get into, get your feet wet. And then you'll see from there, uh, I house hacking. If you're going to get in this game, I strongly suggest house hacking. You get to learn how to, you know, deal with your tenants, collecting paychecks, all that stuff. Um, repairs. A lot of people that I've been going to this real estate meetup, a lot of new people there, they're like, ah, you know, I don't want to deal with tenants. I don't want to deal with the maintenance. I strongly suggest doing that at an early age, because if you just turn it over to a management company, how do you know you're getting your money's worth? You know, if you do, how should I say this? You know, if, if you start out by managing the property yourself, you get so much education through that. Whereas if you hand it over to a management company, you don't get to see that. So you know where the money is coming from. You can check on your property yourself, do the maintenance, learn from it. But if there's some things you don't feel comfortable doing, whether it's MEPs, your mechanical, electrical, or plumbing, you know, hire that out to somebody that knows how to do it. But I highly suggest, you know, early in the game, managing the properties yourself so you can get that exposure and kind of learn from everything. I totally agree. I totally agree. And the cool thing about house hacking is it doesn't take a lot of risk because you're already living there. You got to live somewhere. You got to make a, a payment somewhere. And like you said, you really learn on the job. I mean, you know, I've learned how inadequate I am at sometimes at management, which is why at, at some point I'm going to take on management. Um, but you learn just so much. You learn how to interact with people. You learn so much about, um, you know, the, the negotiations, about 
you know, the contracts uh, about, you know, people trying to manipulate you. And then you get to really evaluate numbers, uh, you know, right up front when you're young. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, house hacking is the way to go, man. Uh, you get to live for free, you know, early in this game. <laughs> you really got to keep your expenses low. And if, if you don't have to pay for rent and somebody else is paying it for you, boom, you know, you're saving 600, 800, a thousand dollars a month that you can reinvest to the next property. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. So we talked a little bit about your real estate book uh, and you said you don't read too much, but do you have any business or mindset books that you uh, maybe in college or whatever that really inspired you? Yeah, I, I'm a huge business and motivational uh, book guy, real estate books. I just really haven't dove too deep into them. I, like I said, I get all my education through podcasts, YouTube videos, all that. But for a business or mindset book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by uh, T. Eckert, amazing book, man. I, I love that. It really got my mindset right. Um, I strongly suggest that book. That's my number one right now. That's awesome. And what is that, just for someone wondering, what is that mindset right for you? Because obviously you got an incredible mindset. You're only 23 years old. Like what, what was it from that book maybe, or what is it in life that you could share with somebody else about mindset? I mean, basically he just, there's a lot of things in there that he says, like at the end of the book, kind of recaps everything and kind of just states like, Hey, you know, say this, affirm this to yourself, you know, say, I'm go. I have the millionaire mindset. I will make a million dollars. Like he just kind of makes you affirm stuff. And there's every chapter is different and kind of really get your mindset right. There's just a lot of different things he talks about within there. I wish I could recap it, but I read that book probably two years ago. I definitely need to dive back into it, but that book definitely helped me out uh, mindset wise. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on here today. We got one last question for you. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that. I uh, want to follow a little bit more about your story, ask you some questions. Where can someone find out more about you and maybe learn a little bit about your story? Yeah, um, real estate wise, I really don't post too much on social media. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, but if you really want to dive into my stories and stuff, you can find me on Bigger Pockets at Shay Mora, S H A Y E, last name Mora, M O R A. Um, basically, that's where I really, that's my social media for real estate. I post all my deals on there and kind of have all the numbers and break down there. That's awesome. Yeah, I know I learned a lot from your little profile there about what you've done. You've got an incredible story. Uh, Drew, you got any more questions? Uh, no more questions. That was great, Shay. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. First podcast, and hopefully I can get some more under my feet. So I, like oh. I said, I appreciate it. And hopefully young investors or even seasoned investors can kind of pick up on a few tips that I shared with everybody today. Yeah, you definitely dropped a lot. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're, we're definitely inspired by your story. It's very similar to my story, uh, starting out so young and you're doing incredible. Uh, good luck with this seven unit. I'm sure you guys will get that thing closed and uh, it'll be a great deal for you. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for your time, guys. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right, man. All right. Have a great day. All right. Yeah, you as well. See ya.